0: Hallelujah. It's to the foreign fields. Amen. So, and we also try to help our, our home missionaries, too, North American missionaries. We're working together as a team. And I want to say thank you much very much this morning for responding to the move of the Holy Ghost. Before I preach in Mark chapter six, we look at people and and we don't really understand about them. And we sat today and again, like I said, we actually spent uh, time with them at General Conference, not this last year, but the year before. It was actually the year they met uh, the, foreign North, uh, the Foreign Missions, Global Missions Board and got appointed. They got appointed at that very thing. Matter of fact, they got appointed and we went out to eat with them two days left, later after they got appointed to go to the field. My wife and I, we were able to spend some time with them. But you look at them and you don't know really the background of the story there. Um, Brother Holzman there, his father actually pastored a church until he was 12 years of age. At the age of 12, his mother was driving home in, um, I forgot the vehicle, it's a big vehicle, and a car in front of her was going to turn, so she slowed way down to turn, an F-350 uh, doing about 60 miles an hour. He never slowed up, hit her in the back of that car, drove the back of the car, plumb up to the back seat of that car, and it did major, major physical damage to her body. I mean, he, he told that just totally messed her up. Because of all of the physical problems, his dad literally had to resign the church, give up pastoring just to take care of her because she was hurt. And then that's where he has been, has never been able to go back to pastoring. And that's when he was 12 years old. That's 21 years ago. And you never know what's going to happen and what a day will hold for that. But in the, his dad still stayed in the church. And, uh, you know, a, lots of adverse situations can come in your life. But if you will stay true to God, yeah. God can help you overcome all Amen. of the adversity that comes in your life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then her, she was talking about that, you know, he asked her to marry Him And they were all planning to do so. And she had already made up her mind that she was not going to have her dad walk her down because her entire life, her entire life, her dad was a bad alcoholic and was heavy into drugs and was just a terrible father to her and uh, her her sister. And so she said that she just did not want him to be a part of her wedding. And so he asked her to marry her and she said, well, we're not going to have him march And then, after he asked to marry him, something happened. Her father comes to church. He prays to and gets the baptism of the Holy Ghost and gets saved. And so for her on her wedding day, got to walk her dad, who is then now baptized in Jesus' name, full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and in the church gets to walk her down the aisle, and she gets to be walked by her dad which was a very special time for her. Even though the whole life had been messed up, God's able to cover lots of things and make it a very special moment. But even in all that, now her dad is saved, her mom is saved, her whole entire family is saved. telling you what, folks, the devil can throw us a curve, but God is able to help us to hit a home run anyway. Amen. 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 What I'm saying is, It doesn't matter what you're going through or what your past has been. You can still be used by God to do something. Amen. You can still be used by God. Your family's craziness is not a disqualifier for the anointing of God. They can be loony, but you can still. Some of you should say, thank God for that amen my kids are saying say thank god for that right now amen doesn't matter god can still use you for his glory and honor amen i want to preach tonight from mark chapter 6 mark chapter 6 and we'll begin with verse number 45 again no wednesday night service we'll be having church next sunday remember bring people to church this is in the middle of our attendance drive Drive, so, please do that. And then also see what the Lord will inspire you to give for SOC, because lots of people are receiving the Holy Ghost from our SOC. Amen. We will honor the quizzers that quizzed yesterday and next Sunday, because Brother uh, Medridge is not here tonight. Mark chapter 6 and verse 45. This story is recorded in other Gospels. It says, "In straightway Jesus constrained them. It says, He, but it's Jesus constrained. That word constrain there means he compelled them. Compel them. His disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side. Everybody say, go to the other side. Go to the other side. Before and to Bethsaida. While he sent away the people. Go to the other side while he sent away the people the multitude, and when he had sent them away, the multitude, he departed into a mountain to pray, and when even even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and Jesus alone, alone on the land. And he saw them tolling and rowing. The wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night Nighttime. He cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. And would have passed by him. Here's a question Do you think that Jesus didn't know they were there? He knew where they were. But according to the writer, Mark what they believed was he was just going to book on right by him and keep on walking i'm just going to go ahead and i'm going to go ahead and go where i told you to go now when he told them to go to the other side they were scratching their heads because When you read a little later in the story, I believe it's in Matthew, the people look around and say, where are the any more ships at? Because they said there's only one ship here and it's the ship that the disciples rode on. So I'm sure the disciples were probably scratching their head and saying, "Hmm." so he said to go on the other side, is he gonna fly over later with Southwest? He's not going to swim over, and there's no boats here. So I wonder how he's going to get over there. And then in the middle of all the storm, the Bible says, and he would have walked by them and passed by them because he was already going to be where they were. he told them to be before they got there. Mm-hmm. All ties into my message tonight. Now look at this. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they decided they wasn't going to let him walk by. (laughs) They supposed it had been a spirit and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now, he didn't tell them not to be afraid because they were not afraid. He tells them that because they were scared to death. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. We're going to stop right there with verse 51. And were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered i want to preach on the subject go to the other side go to the other side hallelujah i hope the lord will help me tonight in delivering this message and you would have ears to hear this message tonight amen jesus performed many miracles during his three years of his ministry here on the earth but i believe it's important to look at the miracle that happened right before he tells him, get in the boats and go to the other side. What was the miracle that happened right before he sends him to the other side? It was the feeding of 5,000 men. Now the Bible clearly states in another passage it was 5,000 men and then in addition to that, women and children. So it may have been 10,000 people that he actually fed but the Bible in this incident says it was 5,000 men the miracle was Jesus fed them you ready for this five loaves of bread and two small fishes are what some of us would eat for our own little meal and we're not gonna go there on gluttony so just relax we're not going there today but five loaves of bread and two small fishes this is the one of the few times that the disciples were actually directly involved in the miracle. This was one of the times that one of the few times they were ever directly involved. One of the times, most of the times they were simply witnesses to the miracle. But in this, this miracle, it was hands on. Hands on. He said, how much do they have? They went out and got the loaves. They went out and got the fishes, gathered up and brought them back to Jesus. Jesus then began to break the bread and and to break the fish and to give it to them. And then they took the bread and the fish and literally took it out and dispersed it to the people and gave it to the people. So when the people look, they see Jesus breaking the bread, but do you see who they are that's handing them their miracle? Do you see whose hands they see? Do you see whose face they see? Do you see that they see the disciples as the ones that are giving them the part? 5,000 up to 10,000 people are there. So those, some, some of those way back on the back cheap seats, they may not even have been able to see Jesus breaking the bread. So really all they were seeing is the disciples giving them the bread. It was the disciples then that went around and picked up what I don't like, and that is leftovers, and brought those baskets back of the leftovers. I don't like leftovers, folks. But this is a very important part to my message tonight. It was a hands-on miracle for the disciples. The disciples had been blessed to be a part of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. They participated, hear me in the miracle process of feeding the five thousand plus but i believe apparently and we're going to show you in the story here i believe something else may have been fed in the process i believe that their pride and ego may have been fed in the process because of a statement we're going to read in the story When God works miraculously, He does it for a reason, folks. And no one else, no one else is to receive any glory or honor for the miracle God does. When God works through you, it's not about you. It's about the power and the glory and the anointing of God. Only God deserves the credit when somebody is healed through prayer. Not the person who laid hands and prayed. The glory goes to God. Amen. If you pray for somebody and they receive the Holy Ghost, you didn't give it to them. No. It's God coming and abiding in them. He gets all the credit, folks. This morning in this house, people were healed. People raised their hand and said they were healed. It it was nothing about Brother Holzman. He wasn't the one. He was the one that spoke the word of faith, but the word he spoke was the word of God. God gets all the credit for everything that was done this morning. The the scripture makes it clear the disciples miss The lesson, And I'm going to show you in just a moment. Look at the order of Jesus' actions after this point. There's some work that I believe he saw needed to be done on his disciples. (laughs) So Jesus is now going to teach them something that I don't think they learned when they were being a part of the miracle. So now he's going to use a different avenue, folks. What they did not get, hear me. Through the miracle, what they did not get by being used by God in the miraculous must now be taught in another way. The Bible states Jesus compelled the disciples to get into the boat. He told them, get in the boat. Well, I don't want to get in the boat. I don't want to leave you. Whatever the reason for, I don't want to leave the crowd right now. Look, there's a whole bunch of multitude of people here right now. I don't want to leave. Get in the boat. Yeah. I said get in the boat. The Bible says he had to compel them is what that word means. He constrained them. He had to say get in the boat and do what I tell you to do. Get in the boat right now. Because yeah. he, he was having to make sure they get in the boat. I believe the statement makes it clear that the disciples wanted to stay right there With Jesus in that moment in time they may have been enjoying their newfound fame a little too much why do you say that well I'm going to show you why I say that in just a moment Jesus sends the disciples away before he sends the multitude away to me that seems a very odd to me it seems more logical To let the disciples stay until the multitude is gone. And keep the ones that's closest to you longer. But Jesus doesn't do that. For some reason, he tells them, get in the boat and go to the other side. I'll take care of the multitude. Uh You're going to see a statement in just a moment. It's important, folks. The word of God teaches us so much. But sometimes we learn more not in the miraculous of God, but in other avenues that God chooses. That's when we learn the most. See, we like the moments of being the hands and the feet of the miracle. We like, pardon me, the spotlight. But what does the spotlight feed? Our pride? our ego, ready? Our flesh. But flesh can be a hindrance to the miraculous move of God because we must decrease that He may increase. I've worked on this sermon. I knew what I was gonna preach. He gets up this morning and says, God wants to do greater works, but greater works must be when we get out of the way And let him do greater works. It's not about us doing greater works. It's about God doing greater works. Going somewhere here tonight, I think it's important that we understand. God so wants to send a revival to the Palace of Praise, to Oregon, and to the great northwest. But he doesn't want us to get the credit for it. It doesn't need somebody going around and saying, Wow, look over there at the Palace of Praise. Man, those people are having a great revival. No, it needs to be saying, God is sending a revival to the Palace of Praise. God is saving souls. God is healing people. God is doing miracles, folks. Again, it seems like it would have been more logical for God to have sent away the crowd and then for him to have dealt with his Disciples, but no, God says, "Get in the boat, go to the other side, and then He sends away." The I understand what time of day it was. I understand that it was getting late. But Jesus puts them in a boat by themselves and launches them into the water when the multitude is standing there watching them exit. Bye bye. See you, the called of God, the chosen disciple. See you, we're going to hang out with Jesus a little longer. You guys just go on your little way. Doesn't that seem a little odd to you too? He launches them out and tells them again, go to the other side without me. Everybody say without me. (laughs) This is one trip you must make by yourself, disciples. Why? Because there's a reason. And reluctantly, as you see, they cast off. And when they got out into the middle of the sea, where? Where? In the middle of the sea. Everybody say, the middle of the sea. And can I ask you, why were they there? (laughs) By the will. By the will. By the will of God, they were in the middle of the sea because they were there because he said go to the other side now i want to ask you a question were they at the other side no but the bible states the ship everybody say ship. ship not a boat the ship was in the midst of the sea they were in the midst of the sea. They were not where God told them they were going to go, That they are on their way to where he told them to go. They're not on the other side, but they were right where God wanted them to be. <laughs> this is good, folks. Then while they are in the process of getting to where Jesus is wanting them to be, they... Does this surprise you? They encounter a storm. Has anybody ever been through a storm before in your life? The Bible states the wind was contrary unto them. That's a quote. The wind was contrary unto them. Or let's put it another way. The wind is fighting against them. And the whole time they are there where God wanted them to be. The Bible says they're tolling tolling and rowing they're working up a sweat (laughs) and while they're rowing as hard as they can they move two feet forward and the wind blows them four feet backwards anybody ever been there in your walk before Mm -hmm. and boy they're going in now where were they and why were they there obeying Jesus, who said, Go to the other side. Yes, but <laughs> Jesus had known, if Jesus had known that there was going to be a storm, he wouldn't have put them out there. Pastor, mean, the known. Are you telling me that an omniscient God, an all knowing God, didn't know? He knew exactly what was heading their way, folks. He didn't have to look at his Apple Watch or Apple Phone and see what the weather was going to be. He knew what was about to happen, yet he compels them, practically pushes them into the boat, and then makes them cast off into the midst of the sea and tells them, go to The other side. Somebody needs to hear your pastor tonight while I preach. I'm not going to preach long tonight, but hear me, folks. God knew exactly what they were going to face before they ever stepped into the boat. He knew what was going to come their way because he's the one that controls the wind, the waves, and everything they were about to face. He was the one that created the water that floats their boat. (laughs) Everything. He knew everything. So there they were, struggling against the storm. It's in the nighttime, And they were there according to the perfect will of God. And guess what happens? Along comes somebody on a stroll, heading to the other side of the sea. It's Jesus out. Maybe he was whistling Dixie. I don't really know what he was whistling, but I'm sure he was... Ooh. just coming right on the cross scroll now you have to know the winds blowing the waves are really high everything is going crazy and he's just walking along as if nothing's going on here folks now I don't know about you but that has scared any of us scared any of us and here he is and here are these strong tough men hand chosen of God scared senseless They're about to wet their robes because they're scared to death, folks. The wind's blowing. They're wore out. They're in the middle of this thing. We're out here because he told us to go. I didn't want to go. Peter, did you want to go? No, I didn't want to go. You want to go, John? No, I didn't want to go. But he made us go. I didn't want to go. I want to stay. I want to stay. We were in the spotlight. It was a beautiful day pushed us off in the boat, kicked us out in the water, and stuck us out here in the middle of the storm. What a God that is. And now he's scaring us to death. to have a cardiac out here in this thing. And he wasn't in a boat. They were in a ship, but yet the ship was being tossed around like a little toy ship boat, folks, because my God was in control of the boat and the storm everything my God was in control of and they the Bible says and they thought it was a spirit or a ghost that is walking on the water now look at the facts they have to travel by themselves they get part way and the elements of nature come against them they have no control over the wind and the storm and they're working like crazy to try to stay afloat not sink they think and when things look like they couldn't get any worse they look up, and they see what they think is a ghost coming to them. Then Jesus reveals himself to them. And Peter, you know, he's a bold one. You know, I know he didn't send us out here, and I don't really like that we're out here in the middle of the storm. But, hey, if that's you, Jesus, bid me come walking on the water. Now, I don't know about any of you, you guys that are full of faith, but I think there's very few people in this house that would have said that. I don't care how bold you think you are in God if somebody comes walking on the water in the middle of the night and you're in the middle of a storm I think the last thing you would be saying is let me get out of the boat and go for a walk and people criticized Peter but there were 11 other guys that never tried to get out of the boat so Peter was a pretty bold guy to just to step out and do what he did Now, you may say, well, the storm wasn't very much, but look what it says. Peter began to sink. Why? Because he saw the boisterousness of the waves and the wind. When he saw how bad the storm was when he got out there, that's the reason why he began to sink, because he got his eyes, and there's your sermon, off of Jesus. And Jesus had to help him back up and get him back on the ship. Now, stay with me for just a moment, folks. Look at this verse that we, this verse here. It's verse 51 of Mark chapter 6. It says this, when Jesus gets to the boat and when he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure. Wow. And wonder, they couldn't get their mind around how he got out there. He just fed 5,000. With five loaves and two fishes. 5,000 plus. Could have been 10,000. But now, I wonder how he did that. Well, can you explain how he just fed 5,000 to 10,000 people too? Can you tell me how he's just breaking bread and all these people? And now you're wondering in amazement how he's walking on water? Wow. When Jesus gets into the ship, there's no more a need to toll at rowing. Why? Because the Bible says because the wind had ceased. They now travel together to the other side. But I want you to look again. Verse 51 first. And he went up into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wonder. Now look at verse 52 that we didn't read in our scripture text tonight. Look at verse number 52. For... They considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. We're a long time removed from that shore in the sunny day. Had to have been a nice sunny day or those people wouldn't have been sitting down all that time eating that bread. And the bread would have got a little bit wet if it had been pouring down rain. So that was a beautiful day back there it seems to be a long time since they were on the land long time since god worked his miracle of the loaves and the breath a long time when that since there was a nice sun out and everything was really calm and the spotlight was shining on them it's been a while but look what it says for they considered not even though they were apart they did not comprehend or put it together Did you understand that statement? They brought five loaves and two fishes to Jesus. They handed out the food. They picked up the leftovers. I'm talking about a hands-on miracle by the disciples. And we can get so caught up in the moment of the supernatural and completely miss the real lesson God is trying to teach us even at the palace of praise what they could not learn in the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand when they what they could not learn when they were standing in the spotlight he taught them in the storm the storm taught them that they can't trust even what they think they see and they can't trust even what they think because they thought it was a spirit the storm revealed how vulnerable they were in their humanity. The storm taught them that they needed Jesus. They couldn't make it without Jesus, folks. what are you saying pastor there are some things that you cannot learn even though you may have been miraculously used by God there's more to it than just the call of God upon your life it's more than God just using you for you to lay hands on people and them to be healed and for you to pray people through to the Holy Ghost there's more to this and this that, folks but are you ready for this the only reason that They were in the ship and in the storm was because Jesus put them there. He put them there, folks. Remember, it says in verse 45, our reading, he said, he constrained them to get in there and he said, go to the other side. Everybody say, go to the other side. Jesus didn't command them to go into the sea. He did not command them to go into the sea. The sea was the means to the end, folks. The sea was simply the path they needed to travel. He commanded them from the very beginning. He said, go to the other side. It was the will of God that they don't get in the middle of the sea and stop right there and dwell on their storm. When he told them to go, he said, I want you to make it all the way to the other side. He gave them a word. If they would have referred back to the word, they'd understand. This storm we're in, it's only part of the journey because he told us we need to get to the other side. If he's a God that can do miracles, if he's a God that can heal people, if he's a God that can raise the dead, he can help me get to the other side. You hear me today, if God tells you to do something, there's no devil in hell, there's no evil spirit that can stop you from fulfilling the perfect will of God in your life. Come on. An alcoholic father can't stop that young lady from being used and being a PIM for the United Pentecostal Church. The situation with Brother Holzman's mother and his father having to be removed from the ministry and him having to go through that. Honey, that was not a disqualifier. You know what God is able to do? Rise above your storm. Rise above your situation and help you to do what God wants you to do. Somebody clap your hands into the Lord. Now hear me tonight, church. I'm about to wrap this up. He commanded them to go to the other side. And this is a summary of my message today. God has a place that he wants you to be at. You need to get your mind around that. You're not just here wandering along, going here and there. There is another side that God wants you to get to. There is a specific place that according to the plan of God, He wants you to get to. You got to get your mind around this because you're saying, I don't know why this come and that come. They were wondering, why is the storm and why is this and that? But honey, they were only there because God put them there. But they weren't there to stop there. They were to go to the other side. Come on, God has some specific things for people in this church. You need to be careful you don't get caught up. Come on, hear me tonight. Let me preach here for just Monday. I'm not talking about a physical and geographical location tonight. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual places in God, in your walk with God. But the real time of learning is going to be in the journey. So don't get carried away, hear me. Don't get scared away. Don't get blown away by the winds, either by the winds of the storm or even by the miraculous power of God that would be revealed when you're in your storm. Him walking on the water was an absolute miracle of God and the miraculous power of God being revealed to them. Folks, whether it's the storm that's getting you or even God revealing himself in a miraculous way, don't get lost in the moment, folks. Hear me, you just need to be faithful in going to the other side. You need to do what God tells you to do. And don't get caught up in every little moment in the journey. Don't get caught up because you're in the middle of the sea right now. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. You need to stop getting caught up in your super high moments and your super low moments. You need to get, get, get caught up in, oh, I'm being used by God and look what he's doing through me. And the next minute you're whining and crying, saying, are we going to die? Oh, look at the store. You don't need to get caught up in any moment in your life. The disciples could not get caught up in that little moment while they're in the middle of the sea because God's plan was go to the other side. Why? Because when they get to the other side, the Bible says the people recognized him. And you know what they did? They brought out those that were possessed of devils. They brought out the sick unto him. And the Bible says he healed them back to their perfect condition before they were sick. What am I saying? God is going to be able to do some things he couldn't do on the other side until you get to where God tells you to be. He will reveal his power. He will reveal his anointing. Oh, somebody shout amen tonight. See, here's the problem. We get caught up in little moments of life. We get caught up in one week of our life. And we get it caught up in the high moments as much as we get caught up in the low moments. You better learn to be steady with God and not be this super high today and tomorrow you're super low. Come on. You don't need to be a roller coaster in the church. We need pillars at the Palace of Praise. We need people that know how to be steady and steadfast in the kingdom, folks. I don't need a bunch of people that have forgotten what God did yesterday and now you're scared to death. You're about to wet your pants today. You need to have as much faith today in the store as you had yesterday when he was feeding the 5,000. We gotta learn to be steadfast, solid, constant in the kingdom of God, church. Oh, somebody shout amen if you're hearing me tonight. Can I preach? I'm almost to lose my voice and almost done. Damien, you may wanna go to the keyboard there and give them a little hope here. But hear me, folks. I got people that are, next thing I get is they get this text that they're totally almost ready to quit the church. And I'm like, my Lord and my God, seriously? (sighs) Really? You know what? I think I'm gonna quit the church too. (laughs) Because as much as I poured into you, and that's the way you think, I'm a total loser myself, I guess. So I'm just gonna jump out the boat myself. Who cares about walking on water? I'm just gonna walk on the bottom of the ocean. We get caught up in things that are only temporal. Uh Things that if you will just stay in the boat, are you ready? If you'll wait till Jesus shows up. However he, let me tell you something. It wasn't one thought in their minds that Jesus was going to come to them walking on water. If you think you can figure out how God is going to intervene in your situation, you better throw it down, buddies, and forget it. Because you're not going to get your mind around, because from the unexpected, God steps into your situation. But the key is you've got to stay in the boat, and even though they're stuck in the middle, they're still going in the right direction. In the middle, they didn't turn around and try to head back to where He had sent them from. They just were continuing to try to go forward to where God had told them to go. I'm telling you today, go to the other side. Quit letting your situations make you want to leave the church make you want to be unfaithful to the church and want to give in and throw in the towel and say, I can't do this. Yes, you can do this. God can give you power to walk a victorious life. God can help you to live for Him and do what He's asking you to do, church. Let's all stand to your feet. Look at this verse of scripture that you find about the same story, but it's written by Matthew. It's Matthew 14 and 33, and it says this. Then they that were in the ship, now get this, this lets us know that it was more than the disciples that were in the ship. There were more people in the ship than just the disciples. And the Bible says according to this, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped. If it had been just disciples, he would have probably said, and the disciples came and worshipped him, but they didn't. It said, and they that were in the ship came inferring that there was more people, maybe a captain of that ship, maybe workers on that ship, maybe some other people were just passengers on that ship. But the Bible says, and they came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth thou art. Now, the ship is docked. the people that was probably going to work that ship was probably on the land before they got in the ship to take off. So more than likely, if they didn't directly see it, they heard about the miracle of the five to 10,000 being fed. Who? People in the ship. Show me where the disciples or any of those people, after the miracle, said to themselves, Now I know thou art the Son of God show me Uh uh-uh why because the disciples again we get caught up thinking we're somebody special because God used us as part of the hands of the miracle and we forget the disciples did not say after that man now we know wow worship him now we know thou art the son they missed the whole reason why he was doing what he was doing to them they didn't recognize him so then Jesus says get in the boat and go to the other side and now while you're heading to where you, I tell you to go it's going to be in that place in the journey that you're going to be it's going to be revealed to you that I am the son of God there hear me there are revelations you will not get standing on the land you're going to have to be on in the boat in the storm in a bad situation out of your control you can't do anything about it you can't stop the wind you can't stop the rain you can't control it you don't even see like you feel like you can even go one more foot forward it's in those situations that god then will reveal himself of how great a god he really is keep you in the storm but not only keep you in the storm but to help you to get where he wanted you to be all the time because my God is able church to get you to the other side Come on, I'm speaking to somebody here tonight. God didn't save you to destroy you. God didn't save you to let the storm destroy you. God didn't save you just to let you fall and backslide. God's going to help you get to the other side. My God is going to help you to truly be what God wants him to be. Can I get somebody tonight? You may have been in the midst of a storm or struggle or maybe you're in one right now. If you want to lift your hands and begin to pray, these altars are open. I want you to get your mind around this sermon tonight. God is able to keep you. God is able to keep you and wherever God wants you to be, God's going to help you get there. Come on, we got some young people that have been struggling. We got some hyphens that have been struggling because things are blowing in your face and the ro- the boat is rocking. But I'm here to tell you, God's going to help you get to the other side. Come on, God's going to keep you. God's going to reveal himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords in the middle of this storm. God's going to give you an anointing. And when you get to the other side, you're going to see things like you've never seen before. And God's going to do things like he's never done before. We heard it this morning, greater things. Come on, somebody. You need to pray right now. Oh, God. There are people in the midst of a struggle at the Palace of Praise. They need to pray right now. You need to pray for them. People, are not here tonight because they're struggling. We need to pray for them, church. Hallelujah. Jesus. My past is over in you. Hallelujah. Things are made new. Jesus, Surrendered Jesus, my life Jesus, to Christ oh, I'm moving, Jesus. moving hallelujah, forward. hallelujah Jesus I'm not hallelujah. going back, hallelujah, but I'm, I'm moving th- ahead Come on, I'm hallelujah, you need to make up your mind to God's you, told you, he's got something you to do you need, you need to make up your mind, you're going to the other side well, Come on, on don't let new. situations I'll deter you Don't head back to where you to used to be Come on, I'm I don't moving, care how great miracles God has done in the path. Forward. You may be in the storm right now. You may be confused or I'm maybe you're gonna going to be this week. Back, I'm telling you, I'm press on through. Ahead. Don't get caught up in the I'm moment. To it's only a moment in time. Come on. Oh, oh, Jesus. so things are made new.
1: Hallelujah.
0: My life oh, to I'm moving, moving forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm hallelujah. not going back. Oh, yes. Jesus. Jesus. I'm here to Hallelujah, Jesus. That oh my God, help us is to have over our mind made up, you. Lord Jesus. Help us to be obedient, oh God, to Surrender you wherever we find ourselves, Lord. God help us, us to moving. recognize that you, Lord, that has sent us back, it's you, God, that knows where we are. Ahead. You know our storm, God. You know the wind, God. You know everything you. that's going on, God. You know this church, God. You know every individual in this church. You know the of this I church, you know the battles of this area, God, to you know everything I'm from the beginning moving, to the end, Lord, I trust in back. you, God, Lord, I'm going to stay in the ship, God, I'm going to continue, Lord, to press forward, Lord, I haven't changed my, my destination, God, in oh, you. Lord, Jesus, I'm going to live for you, God, new.
1: hallelujah, I'm going to turn
0: my life Jesus, to Christ,
1: Jesus, I'm moving Jesus, Jesus. forward.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are everything, oh God, we need the king of kings and the lord of lords jesus hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah
1: mm, jesus 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 hallelujah 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 jesus 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 hallelujah 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 oh,
0: Hallelujah. I had somebody just a few months ago we sat here in the 4 year of this church and they said, "Man, I just it just feels like God's not even around right now. I think he's gone somewhere. I just feel like he's not around here anymore." How many of you have ever been in that place before? It's where the disciples was all by themselves. Nobody there. And you know what's interesting? <laughs> It's when we're in the middle of our storm that we feel that too. (laughs) It's not when we're on the high because then unfortunately we don't miss him like we need to. (laughs) It's in the storm then we're looking around, where's he? That's where they was. Jesus wasn't there in that moment in time. Hear me. If God has called you, given you repentance, baptized you in Jesus' name and gave you the Holy Ghost, He's telling you, go to the other side. He's got a specific place for you. Yeah. If there's times you feel like God is not there and you don't feel God, let me tell you, according to the Word of God, He is still there. Yes. Amen. He may be working on you because He was working on the disciples. Because the Bible says they did not regard the miracle of the loaves. Because of the hardness of heart. Not because they had hard hearts against him. But because that means they were dull of understanding. And couldn't receive what they should have received from the lesson of the miracle of God. Through the loss. There are things that can only get into your spirit when he pulls back his spirit. And lets you go through a storm. That's when some things get into you that couldn't get into you in the miraculous. When you're in the spotlight. Somebody hearing me? I'm talking in the Holy Ghost tonight because if you're not there, you're about to be there and the Holy Ghost is wanting to give you instructions that you do not get discouraged where you're about to go. You may wake up one day this week and feel like God is not there. Do not be discouraged. You need to come back to this sermon and say, Pastor said, I would feel this way. That means, God, what are you teaching me? God, what are you wanting to say to me? That you would pull back and then have this. Have confidence that he has confidence in you to be able to pull back. Knowing you're still going to stay true to him. <laughs> if he didn't think you could handle him it was going to destroy you, he'd never step back. So he has confidence in you. The devil's going to say he don't love you. But what it's really saying is God really loves you and trusts you enough that I'm going to step back. And just let situations work to develop you into what you need to be. Because I've got a big work on the other side that I need you to get to. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord today. We've heard lots of faith messages today. God's been building us up today. I just feel there's some great things ahead for us at the Palace of Praise. We'll not have service this Wednesday night, but we will be having church next Sunday morning and Sunday night. And guess what? You are all invited to be here. Bring somebody to church next Sunday. The next Sunday, Do anybody know what the next Sunday is? Easter. Easter. People come to church on Easter. Maybe no other time. They'll come on Easter, and we don't have to have the Easter bunny. They'll still come to church. You're dismissing Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, you bet. Where's the microphone?
1: Turn it on. We have heard a very fitting and suitable message tonight. I hope you take it to heart. God has given him that message for this church. I went two years in a battle without feeling God. You know what it made me do? Pray. Right, right, right. I prayed whether... I kept on praying. Amen. That's what's brought me to this moment in time. I've been there several times. That's where Job was. Job couldn't find God. Where is he? In the storm. He's not there. Yet he's there. He knows you're right where you're right. at in the storm. Right. Now listen to this, and you're not going to like this. You will not think about backsliding and going back to the world. If your mind is made up, you're going to live for God. You won't even consider it. My mind's made up and my heart's fixed. Regardless of what I have to go through, I'm living for God in spite of the storm. And if you're thinking about backsliding, And you're all discouraged and want to go back. Your heart is not in this all the way. No, no, no. Your mind's not made up. You're you're like this. When will you ever get stable? When will you ever really get planted in the kingdom of God? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sparks. This has been most fitting and suitable. But let me cheer you with something tonight. I think we're all concerned about the way our government spends our tax money. Well, give me, let me give you a little, a little. Book.